execution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your body outlined and chalk. I left the institution, real talk. Living right, the execution, real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside. And get your hello, body hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the House to House podcast. This is Amadi and Goo is in the building. As always, you can get our podcast where podcasts are disseminated. Uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, we're on Amazon Podcasts now as well. Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, you know, all the places, all of the places. And you please check out our website at divemedia.co, divemedia.co. You can check out our back catalog there as well and all of the things in which we're doing. And we are on the socials at This Is Dive Media on all platforms. Goose, say what's up to the peoples. What's going on, everybody? I know it's been a minute. I know, right? We are, we, we, we are back like we never left. We're back, y'all. We're back. I know. Jokes fall flat when you haven't recorded a podcast in about two months. <laughs> start dating yourself. Yeah, I like, know, right? Like, LeVar Ball still doing stuff? <laughs> I thought that guy was so 2019. Anyway. We do thank y'all for coming back and listening. You know, this is a house-to-house podcast where we advance our father's kingdom one house at a time. And we are going to get right back into it. Um, We have a couple of wonderful brothers on. I go back with these brothers. We go back with them. Oh, goodness, going on almost 20 years probably. Um, You you know you owe when you start saying things like, I go back with somebody 10, 15, 20 years. You know, when when you throw out times like that, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. So you was an adult 20 years ago? So, brother, you must be old. Right. (laughs) Centuries? (laughs) (laughs) So I got got two good brothers, our good friends, uh, Chris Bettner from the wonderful state of New Jersey. And, uh, well, it's an all right state. (laughs) And Emmanuel Fields from the great state of Maryland. No, I'm just kidding. From Maryland, out here in the Maryland area. Say what's up to the peoples, fellas. What's up, everybody, man? It's dope to be here with you guys. Uh, Always look forward to these conversations. And uh, the podcast has been a blessing, man. So I'm excited to be here. Good morning, family. Uh, Honored to be here. our two uh, fans, uh, Pastor Chris and AJ, when I grew up, I want to be like those guys, so I'm honored to be here. Oh, boy. High standards, <laughs> man. I know, right? High standards. <laughs> so with, with that being said, you know, we, we want to get into an interesting topic today. Um, and, you know, this is one of the ones we, we probably will not be able to cover the the gambit of everything, but we'll at least be able to kind of poke holes and kind of peer into certain aspects of it. You guys, if you're listening, this ep- this uh, episode was recorded in the year 2020. Who knows when people will be listening? And, you know, at this time uh, in uh, November 2020, we are still in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, as a matter of fact, cases have been spiking, and so a lot of governors have been coming out and um, kind of reinstituting some restrictions. And so that that just kind of got me thinking because our governor here in Maryland did it. I saw like Minnesota's governor and Indiana. There was a bunch of governors came back out. Even Oregon's um, were uh, same thing, just reinstituting a lot of the restrictions that were going on earlier this year. 
you know, where people got to, you know, reduce the numbers in restaurants and counting people walking in the stores. It's kind of going back. It's kind of going back that way. And so that just kind of got me thinking because I know a couple guys around here that uh, lead congregations and are having church outside and doing a bunch of different things. And I thought, well, why don't we talk through that? You know, for those who follow this show, you, you know, Ragu and I, you know, don't necessarily go to institutional church. So we wouldn't be the best examples to be able to give you guys insight into that. So I said, let me reach out to a couple of brothers I know who might be able to share how, you know, they have been able to maneuver in this season, some of the things that they may have been participating in and doing. So before we jump all the way into that, Emmanuel, Chris, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? You know, let the people know who you are, um, because everybody might not know who you are. And um, and then we'll sort of jump into today's topic. So, Emmanuel, why don't you let people know who you are, you know, what you do and, you know, all that good stuff. Sure. Uh, Emmanuel Fields, um, I guess I should say Elder Emmanuel Fields. Um, I was recently um, ordained as an elder at my church, Redeemer Love Outreach Center in Washington, D.C., where uh, my parents are the pastors, uh, Pastor Dr. David Fields, Jr., um, and Dr. Pastor, co-pastor Dr. Joyce Fields. Um, And so I'm just a guy that uh, loves the Lord, loves to serve God, serve, serve the people, um, and, um, even with the elevation of eldership, um, I realize this is, it's just a deeper level of servanthood. So, uh, my heart, AJ knows, uh, Ragu knows my heart is just to serve. Um, and there are many lo- levels to serving. Um, and so, uh, I'm just, I'm just a guy that just, just loves the Lord, um, loves his people, um, loves to talk about the gospel, share the gospel, uh, lead my family. Um, I'm, I'm serious about discipling my family. That's including my wife um, and my four children. Um, and I just recently had, well, you know, she's almost nine months now, um, my youngest daughter. So uh, I just uh, try to help as many people as I can by sharing the gospel, being a light shining um, and so that uh, men would see my good works. But of course, God would get all the glory. So that's just a little bit about me. Amen. Thank you, bro. Chris, why don't you share a little bit about yourself, man? Yeah, man, I am um, Chris, Chris Bettner. You call me Pastor Chris of PC uh, here. Uh, I serve as the uh, lead pastor of the DelVal East Church, uh, which is in Burlington County, um, New Jersey. We are about 11 miles outside of Philadelphia. Uh, so we're in the greater Philadelphia area. Um, I, I'm a part of a larger church organization, Delaware Valley Church. We're a multi-site church uh, here in South Jersey. So um, uh, I'm, I'm privileged to, you know, to be a husband, man, and a, a father of four. Um, I am uh, continuing always to be a student, man, but I, I, I love the opportunity that the Lord gives us to share the gospel and, you know, um, and not just from the pulpit, man, just with everyday life on life. We, we got a tagline that we, we, we try to go by Jesus lifted, love lavished and the gospel lived. I believe the gospel must be lived out, um, out loud, man. And so, you know, administratively, I serve as a moderator of the Baptist convention of South Jersey. Um, so that's a collection of about 41 
around churches in our region, um, you know, that we try to provide leadership and support uh, through fellowship, um, you know, and, you know, and training different things of that nature, man. But, but more, mo- most of all, man, I'm just a servant, man. I, I, I do everything that everybody else does, man. I try to love and steward my family well um, as, as my primary responsibility, man. And, and I just try to be a billboard for the Lord Jesus, man, in, uh, in this generation. Amen, man. Wow. Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing. I think even just you sharing your uh, personal stories is, is uh, extremely powerful. Um, and there actually are two points that I, I, I know about both of you. And we wanted to, you know, I, I actually wanted to accentuate both of those. Um, the the first one is how, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate to me um, when you hear a lot of leaders, they don't necessarily highlight their families they'll say i'm a leader this i run this um oh yeah and by the way i'm I'm married too and you know and you know and i got some kids in here and <laughs> it's kind of like bro that's that's your primary responsibility first um and so for me that's y'all y'all got me beat both y'all got four kids so you know y'all <laughs> y'all y'all out a little further than me <laughs> uh just how important it is to uh be you know lead lead your families and be a representative of the lord in in your home, you know, uh, primarily, and then secondly, um, and again, this is things I know, but I'm just highlighting it for because you you both are in a a, a unique situation where um, both of your dads are pastors, are are both are, are your pastors, so that's kind of a, a really interesting situation. So I just want you know throw that out there because I know that that kind of dynamic. How how has that dynamic been? Where it's like uh, he's my father. You know, but he's also a pastor, so I, I have to kind of juggle and and balance those two, uh, you know, dynamics. And sometimes they can be opposing. But have you seen them be more opposing or more complementary? Either, I mean, that, that's for either one of you guys. Well, I'll jump it. I'll jump at it, man. I, I've been privileged, I think, to to see it as complementary. I'm grateful for. Uh, for my dad and my pastor, um, because he he has strategically known when to wear the the hats that were necessary for the situation, man. And so um, I think much like what you were just saying, AJ, uh, my father sees his stewardship of his family as his primary ministry, right? So so never in the course of his ministry have we felt my sister and I, our children, like we were second to the ministry. Like I always felt like he was very intentional about doing that. And, um, you know, and I, and I gave my pop, you know, a hard way to go, man. You know, so he, <laughs> he, you know, so, so he's had to be dad and, you know, he's had to be pastoral in the sense of, you know, when I was, when I was outside of the will of God, when I wasn't doing what was right, you know, he, 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 he clung tightly to, uh, you know, to the standard of the word of God, man. And so he held me, to a high standard. He didn't, you know, he didn't cut the, you know, didn't give me no shortcuts, if you will, um, you know, because I was his son. And, uh, you know, so so I've seen that and preferably will be able to do that in, in the life of my children as well. Yeah. And I'm in agreement with uh, Pastor Chris on that. Um, not only has my dad served as a pastor, but also my mom. So, um, but amazingly, the the ministry was never first. Um, and my brother, I have a, a, a twin brother who's older, uh, 19 minutes, and a, a younger sister. And we've never felt that uh, the, our parents have put the ministry before their responsibility to the family. So that 
that model, we have, we have that model. I have that model to look to to say, okay, well, good. I can just build on that. And I, I make sure with my family that my primary responsibility is discipling them. And so what, what I appreciate about uh, myself and, and Pastor Chris is that we, we are a good representation of what true pastor's kids should look like. Like, because there's this, this stigma, this, um, sort of a, a understanding that pastors kids are wilding out and uncontrollable, uh, but also that they don't have any flaws or issues um, or without sin, things of that nature. So what I, what I appreciate is that, you know, we, we've kind of flipped that and we've, we've been a, a good representation of, hey, this is, we're leading our, no, we're leading our family. We're not out here wilding out. We're not acting out. We're serious about the Lord. Um, and, and it's pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And so um, that's, that's a testimony that I, you know, I, I hold, I, I hold true to, and I, and I, you know, I, I thank God for that, you know? Hey guys, real quick question. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever feel the um, higher demand of living up to your father's expectations? I, I think um, I, personally, I, I feel like I had more, I feel, well, I'm a fourth, let me say this way. I was, I'm a fourth generation, right? So, so my great grandfather was a pastor and church planner before it was sexy in South Georgia and Northern Florida, right? So my, my great grandfather and my grandfather pastor for 42 years uh, before he went, uh, went, went to heaven. And, you know, my father's obviously he's been pastoring for the last almost 30 years. Right. So, so I was, I had, I think the expectation was greater from other people. Um, you know, that, that just assumed this, this legacy would continue. Um, my father, uh, interestingly enough, you know, was the opposite. My father was like, man, if you could do anything else, do that. You know what I mean? If, you know, if you, you know, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, I, I was in my sophomore year at, in University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, and I left. I came home, you know, I was like, I want to go to seminary. I want to serve the Lord. And my pop was like, all right, come on home. I got home on like that Friday, man. He told me, stop at the, you know, this little Wawa, stop at the store on the way home and grab a, a newspaper. This is, you know, I guess dating myself. He's like, grab the, <laughs> grab the newspaper on your way home. So I was like, that's dumb. I grabbed the newspaper. I came in the crib and um, he was like, yo, uh, bring me that newspaper. And I want you to look in the job section and I want you to circle all of the jobs that say they're looking for people um, who got a degree from the seminary. And, uh, and I, I was like, why would you, you know, I was like, there are none in here. He was like, exactly. So on, on Sunday, you're going to take your behind back to, uh, back to the university of Maryland. Um, you know, so he was really intentional about saying, you know, I'm not, I don't want you to feel like you have to do this. You know, if this is not the burden of the Lord on your life, man, I want you to, you know, to pursue something that's going to make you, you know, be able to take care of you and eventually your family, man. So I felt the weight of, uh, of expectations of other people more so than the expectations of, of my father. My father just wanted me to do what, you know, what the Lord had placed in me to do. Wow. That's good. Wow. Man. Yeah. And I, and I, I agree with uh, Pastor Chris on that uh, specifically the last part, the last statement he made, I felt more pressure from uh, the church members uh, or, uh, you know, not from my, my mom and dad, it was the expectation that people placed and and the and that expectation of um on on my brother, my sister and I, because some kind of way 
it de depending on how we responded or, or how we were behaving for some odd reason determined um, the spiritual level or the ability of my, my mom and dad to lead. And so, um, so people would use that. Well, if you can't, and, and the Bible talks about that, you know, if you can't, if you can't lead your household, then you're not going to be able to lead uh, the rest of the congregation. So um, it was that sort of a, okay, well, you know, let's make sure nay, Tiff, my brother, my sister, you know, let's make sure we, we honor God, we do what we need to do. Um, and also realize, realizing who we are, we are pastor's kids. And so, um, but at the same time, we still had to develop my own relationship with God and not just use the status as a way to determine or define our spirituality, you know, develop your own relationship and, um, and go from there. So. Wow. Yeah. You know, as I've, as I've gotten older, <clears throat> I've actually had more, it, it's, it's giving me more, more mercy uh, for, for people who are leaders, because as, as my children are transitioning from sort of being little kids to being adolescent, you know, my, my oldest is in high school now, and I'm realizing how much time it, it actually takes. It's not as straightforward as, as people would, would say, oh, man, you, you should be leading your kids. And, you know, and like it's just the Bible says, so just do it. It's like, nah. It's not. It's not as not as you know cut and dry as that. There's a lot of nuance in there, particularly when people um, are when other people outside of your family are requiring your 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 time. And so it's like you know people know you know people who know me know I have a lot of relationships. And even though I'm not a quote unquote church leader anymore, like there's still a lot of relationships that require my time. And I'm like I'm wrestling now with like man this joint is going to take me away from my kids. Like if I go over here and do this, if I go over here and meet with these people or counsel these people and I'm taking away time from, and so like I've actually grown to have a lot more mercy um, for, for, you know, men and women who I know who are, 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 are leaders to, to just realize every time you do something else, it takes time away from, home and from the family, you know, uh, et cetera. So no, I, I definitely can understand. And, and like I said, just have a lot more mercy for people who are leaders and whose kids may have just be, you know, who just may be knuckleheads. You know, sometimes your kids are just knuckleheads and it's, you know, right. <laughs> and you, you, you may do all you can do and, and they still may turn out to be nothing. You know, I'm, I'm walking my, I'm walking my kids through um, Kings and Chronicles right now. And, you know, when you kind of get to that place, well, how much you're pouring to my children, da, 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 da. And then, you know, God starts speaking to you. And you're like, nah, bro, this for you. This ain't for them. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just revisiting the, the life of David with all his kids. And I'm like, yo, David's kids were wilding. Man, I like all of them were just tripping, you know. And I mean, it, it, to the point where Solomon, the youngest child, had to be the one that God elevates the king because all his other kids were, were just tripping. And people would, you know, to similar to you guys' points, people would just say, "Well, you know, because David did this, that's what, he reaped what he sowed." And I'm like, "Yeah, some of that is like his kids, though. They they made decisions to to be wilding, and you know." So I think that a lot for for those who are out there who are listening, who may be parents, you know, and your children just may be going astray in some areas. I think. Um, be, be encouraged that that's not judgment upon you per se, particularly if you've done all that you have been led to do. You know, if the spirit of God has led you to do these things and your children have just made some decisions that, you know, may be contrary to 
the the will of the kingdom of God. You know, you have, that's when you have to just pray for them, and you know, God God will bring them back like the prodigal son. If it's His will, He will bring them back. But, fellas, we we wanted to kind of shift and pivot. I, I I could sit here and and talk family all day, all night, all day. Um, so I got to kind of force myself to to pivot and get back on topic here. Um, so we're in a you know we're in this global pandemic, right? Um, and you know restrictions have been placed back on a lot of states, and a lot of things have been going on. People have been getting sick, and one of the things because um, I actually coach uh, my son's basketball team. He plays um, in a church league down here in Maryland, and they they shut the league down in March, <laughs> and we haven't heard nothing from the commissioner, nothing in like six, seven, eight months. Um, and so, I, but I know a lot of churches still like they doing virtual meeting. They're meeting in parking lots. And so, what are you guys doing in in your respective fellowships? How have you guys been navigating uh, this this era of of COVID nineteen? Yeah. Um, well, we you know like like uh, like you said, I'm in New Jersey, man. We we were a part of. Um, that greater New York area that experienced a real crazy spike um, in uh, in the beginning of the year. Well, you know, in the March season. So um, the third Sunday of March, man, at, you know, we, we worshiped um, and then we basically told people, you know, we're, we're going to go virtual for the next couple of weeks. Our, our thoughts were obviously we didn't have no clue what this thing was going to look like. Right. Man, our thoughts were, you know, we'll, we'll be out for a couple of weeks. They'll get a handle <laughs> on it. You know what I mean? And we'll be back, man. You know? And so initially, man, the third Sunday of March, our thoughts were, well, you know, Easter is this, you know, is in the middle of April. So, you know, hopefully we'll get stuff squared away uh, between then and now, man. And on the, you know, the liturgical calendar and the life of the local church, man, resurrection Sunday, you know, I said Easter, but resurrection, Resurrection Sunday um, is, you know, is a big deal in the life of the local church, man. So, um, you know, so obviously we didn't know what we were getting into, man, but that spike was crazy. um, And it began to impact our community, our hometown, um, where the numbers were going up, where our church rests. And, uh, you know, and we, we, we realized um, the responsibility is as shepherd leaders to be stewards, um, you know, of the people, man. And so we've been closed, physically closed since that third Sunday of March. We haven't had in-person worship um, uh, since then. Uh, but what we have done, uh, we started in the month of July. Um, and, and on the first Sunday of each month, July, August, September, October, and the first Sunday of this past of this month, November, uh, we did meet in our parking lot. And I had folks uh, sit in their cars. Uh, we had an FM transmitter, and uh, we were able to, you know, sing a couple of songs of worship and share a brief message. We did it in about a about 55, 60 minutes, so you know, it wasn't long. Uh, but uh, and then we socially distanced. Obviously, we had people in their cars, um, and so you know, we found that to kind of be encouraging to the community, um, just to be able to see people to beep your horns. Um, it wasn't as encourage. It wasn't as enriching probably to people who were viewing online because it was a lot of horns that were beeping and you know that's, <laughs> that can be a distraction. And, uh, you know, instead, instead of people saying turn the horns down, turn the horns down, <laughs> right? So, but um, but yeah, man. So it's it's been a challenge, man. I, I'll be honest. Um, it has it has it has flipped for us, 
you know, so I'll say this, it, it, while it has been incredibly challenging, I think it has been incredibly revealing that a whole lot of the things that we claim to be critical in the life of the church uh, were really fluff. They weren't really, they didn't really add on. It was just a matter of tradition, things that we've done. And so our prayer as, as a leadership team uh, is that, you know, when and if the Lord allows us to go back full swing, that we don't want to go back to what we were doing because some of that stuff, we were just doing it because we had always done it, but it was no added value. You know, it was no kingdom value to it, man. Amen. And so, um, and so we kind of, it's kinda also, and this last thing I say, it also, we've turned it inward. So we've encouraged our, our community and their families to, to worship together. Right. So to, to rally around the word of the Lord as a family and to see your home as your sanctuary, man. And so we just come alongside of that as kind of ancillary supports versus trying to say, everybody, you got to come here for us to be able to, you know, to walk this thing out. So I think that's kind of been the way we've navigated it. That's awesome, man. Um, uh, thanks for sharing, Pastor Chris. Um, in, in the D.C. area, um, particularly as it relates to our church, um, with the initial, in March, with the, the pandemic initially hitting, it we did a shutdown, as was advised, um, and so no in-person services. And unfortunately, we, and I'm, and I'm not trying to take a shot at my, my, my church, but for years, we had been talking about uh, doing some sort of a live um, online streaming, um, but we just haven't been able to get the approval to move forward. Uh, we hadn't been able to get the approval to move forward. So when the pandemic hit, we were playing catch up uh, to try to get live streaming and the technology and the things that's necessary um, you know, for us to be able to stream online. And so that that we started with total shutdown and then what we would do is uh we would do facebook live for special services uh mother's day father's day easter um and then in september uh, also we were uh we also worked on renovating the church and so while we were working on getting the technology we were also we also renovated the church so the pandemic allowed for that to happen. And I don't think, you know, we would have been able to do that had the pandemic not hit. Um, but, and so in September, we were able to um, open up for in-person services at, you know, 10, 15 people capacity. Um, and then, and still stream online. Um, and then uh, we moved to, uh, I think in October, we moved to, you know, as many people that could come, but still practicing the social distancing, wearing a face mask. Uh, you know, we had the people sign um, a, a waiver uh, so that the church wouldn't be liable for anything, uh, things of that nature. And so we uh, are still operating until we get word from DC. Um, we're still operating as we have been operating um, in these past few Sundays uh, where the people will, will come and still practice the social distancing. Uh, but 
also monitor and then we also do you know temperature checks and things of that nature so we, we we've been i know there are a lot of other churches out there that have just been it's a pandemic it's a pandemic it's not real uh, no social distancing <laughs> no that's no face mask. Nah, that, that that's not our position we, we are not thinking that so i'll be clear we we've been in person but we've been practicing all the cdc recommended uh restrictions and yeah. precautions and all that um, and doing as safe as possible um, and, and just waiting to see what this second wave now that we're in uh, this, this second or third wave, whatever you want to call it, um, with the uptick in the rise in cases, um, we may, uh, if D.C., even if D.C. doesn't move to uh, the, the restrictions, we may just, as sure say, hey, look, we're going to go 100% online um, until further notice, you know, so. That's kind of sort of where we've been. Uh, but like uh, Pastor Chris was saying, it has definitely exposed a lot of things um, and revealed a lot of things and what people thought defined their spirituality uh, and, and what the fine kingdom is really, they're, they're coming to see now that it really isn't. And surprisingly, I've also noticed that people that you thought were like this grade A gold standard sort of, of believers, they're getting exposed. Um, and it's yeah. just like, whoa, I was like, okay, so yeah, uh, all right. So, okay. So there, there, there are a lot of things that have happened um, for, as a result of the pandemic. Uh, I will say everything hasn't been bad. Um, there have been some good to come out of it. Um, and so I'm, I'm just uh, trusting in the Lord that when we get to some sense of uh, relative normalcy, you know, that, uh, we will be able to come together, whether it's because, you know, we, we still should be coming together, you know, and, and whether it's in house, house to house or whether uh, it's institutionalized church, we meet in the buildings, we we all can agree that we all should be coming together. So I don't want my, my concern is, you know, whether you call it post the pandemic or once we get a vaccine, my concern is those people who've now gotten comfortable to online, whether or not they're going to return back to the fellowship and then coming together. Um, and so that that that's one of the things that I'm I'm kind of keeping my eye on and keeping my ears attended to, you know. That's big. I left the institution real talk. Live and write the execution real walk. And stay cool, stay cool, cause it's hot outside and get your body out line and chalk. I left the institution real talk. Live and write the execution real walk. Stay cool, stay cool.